0: Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. hello everybody and welcome back to squat cobbler this is kelly at k-e-l-l-y on twitter and instagram
0: and i am dr mike at official pagan on everything and i'm gonna get out of the way up front because kelly didn't do it in one of the other episodes you guys should like and subscribe on whatever platform you're consuming this on
1: I did it. I was just trying to leave you a little air to speak before I got to it. But thank you, Mike. It's important we do that. So we are back to prisoner exchanges. been going back and forth for a while. This was one that uh, this will probably not be the last of the Frank Zappa, Captain Beefheart camp that I roll Mike's way for a prisoner exchange. But this is the only one, probably. That features both of them, and it is 1975's Bongo Fury with Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Frank Zappa and the Mothers, at this point, with Captain Beefheart. And this has always been one of my favorites because I'm a big Zappa guy, I enjoy him quite a bit. I'm a huge Beefheart fan, and they went to high school together. Depending on who you listen to, maybe Frank came up with the name Beefheart, maybe Beefheart came up with the name Beefheart. It's a little hard to tell, but they've known each other quite a bit. And uh, this is their probably their deepest collaboration. And it's an album a lot of people aren't familiar with. And so I didn't know, uh, as I rolled this your way, if you had seen or heard of this before.
0: So I feel like I knew it existed, but I definitely never listened to it before.
1: So as we do with all album discussions, we'll start off with the cover art. Initial reactions to the cover art, Mike. Seems kind of subdued,
0: considering the, the men at the wheel here.
1: Yeah, and so they appear to be in... Uh, and this was most of this was recorded in Amarillo, Texas, and so they appear to be in some sort of run-down Dairy Queen wannabe place. <laughs> And it's just Frank and the captain uh, sitting there, Frank with an ice cream cone, captain with a hat down, can't even see his face. Subdued is fair on that. Not a whole lot going on, but it is. it does reflect to say, hey, this is Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart. Probably not an album cover that stops you in your tracks back in the day when you would walk through and look at album covers, but uh, I think pretty pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, and that's okay sometimes, though, too. Like I, I feel like an album like this... Frank Zappa and and definitely Beefheart, but Frank Zappa to a large degree as well. I think you're talking about artists that you're either... You you can enjoy this type of stuff or you can't for some people. It's, it's not like there was tons of like radio commercial songs that people were into and then bought the albums and were thrown off by it like happens sometimes. So I feel like you didn't necessarily need a lot more going on on the cover. And they both have had strange striking album covers in the past. And I don't think you need to go that route every time. So I was OK with the kind of subdued album cover. It just tells you what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, and the backstory on this one a little bit, I think, for Hot Rats, Frank was always big on auditioning people to be in the band and to perform on albums. And to hear him say it, he auditioned Beefheart for Hot Rats, and he kind of auditioned Beefheart for this album as well. To hear Beefheart speak to it, he he really didn't feel (laughs) he was ever in audition mode. (laughs) But this is kind of cool because while I like both of them quite a bit, they each have tendencies to what they really kind of like to do. They can kind of get highly involved with it and kind of take it to a degree. So there's almost a balancing of, there's there is such a difference between the jazz and high composition end of a Zappa and the scatological humor and all that kind of stuff that, that he kind of runs with. And then Beefheart's that Delta blues and the, the more Dada-esque kind of things. And through a lot of this album, those just kind of weave in and out and take songs that's you know things that are like clearly a Zappa core Zappa composition, but then he beef Captain Beefheart beef hearts it up and kind of pulls it to a little different place. So I think what was really nice here is you had this nice fusion of two very different styles, two highly creative individuals, to create what I find to be a very fun, listenable, a unique album.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I wasn't sure... So, I mean, you, you struck on the core of sort of what's there, the the more jazz-influenced stuff, the Zappa, the bluesier, beef-heart elements. And they're definitely both there, but I feel like they, they both are experimental enough that you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. And especially going into a full-on collaborative project like this, I feel like going into it, I didn't know what it was going to sound like. And it actually, what you already touched on, it's a great combination of the core elements of both of their sounds, which honestly, I feel like it could have been anything that that was going to happen when I hit play on this, which is a good feeling going into something.
1: Yeah, and it it's neat because it, they're, they're not really fighting each other on it, but the, they kind of augment and, and pull pull back and forward. So it's kind of a, it's an interesting listen. You folks ought to give this one a shot. So we will just start rolling through, and we'll start off with Deborah Cadabra at the beginning. And uh, one of my favorite album reviews ever was for a Tony OK album, America. And it just, the band kind of roars into the beginning of the first song. And the individual uh, reviewing it said, and it sounds like you know he just walked into where the band was sleeping and kicked him, and they just stumbled out and started playing hungover. And there's just this kind of explosion that kind of happens at the beginning of it. And that's the same thing that Deborah Cadabra hit me with: is that it starts off, uh, you know, you just it immediately starts rolling. There's just all this this action and things happening quick. It's a beef heart vocal. It's got a lot of the Zappa musicality to it but it's got the captain beefheart delivery to it which brings in that kind of that blues and that that rougher type of sound experimental a little dissonant but uh, kind of a really strong pop and a good start because they just go from zero to 60 to start the album off
0: really like the song i mean we're both you know we we've talked about first songs and sort of the impression that that makes great first impression for the album really enjoyed the album not to you know spoil it or anything like that one of the things that i thought was interesting on this that i would add to it and i don't want to say that either one was influenced by the other because given the influences on this record it would totally make sense but there was almost like a zz top feel to the intro and I know that they would have been contemporaries around the time that this came out. I
1: think that's fair. And they're playing in Texas. And so <laughs> they need to. Yeah. yeah I, I hadn't really pulled this easy top connection, but I could absolutely see that because it. And I'm I not mean, saying one, one was influenced by
0: the other or anything like that because it. It would have been the the correct time frame for both of them and their careers for that sort of thing, and it makes sense again with with Beefheart's sort of influence and stuff like that. But
1: I did get his sort of ZZ Top element there. I would agree. It's uh, ZZ Top, Zappaized, <laughs> ized where they just it's there, but it, there's also this little bit of a twist to it. But yeah, I absolutely could see that. So then we move into the next song, which is Carolina Hardcore Ecstasy, which I'm sure you were super excited with the title. This is. Probably a more Zappa dominated uh, both musically and lyrically. Kind of a fun song. Uh, this is one where Frank takes him a little bit more of the vocal duties before it's around but this is kind of Frank taking lead. Uh, and it's kind of a typical Zappa affair where you know, there's very interesting stories told about activity. <laughs> and not just this kind of Creative way that he goes through and tells some of these stories. Another good song. It doesn't. It's not as frenetic as Debra Cadabra. It's actually kind of uh, lopes along a little bit differently. Starts to also introduce another thing that's often featured in Zappa songs, where you've got a lot of people singing, a lot of people singing in kind of very affected ways, and uh it's it's interesting. Lots of kind of humor uh, weaved in there as well, and uh, a fun song for me.
0: I really enjoyed this one. So definitely more of a Zappa song. I. Zappa's music is very technical, it's experimental, tracks can go on for for extended lengths, and I've come to expect that on Zappa songs, but I've never really thought of, I don't, compare zappa to prog rock like 70s prog rock if that makes sense even though i guess it is progressive it is longer it is experimental it is technical but this song is the first time to me that zappa was like in the more traditional sense like a prog rock song particularly in the beginning the way you have the guitar and the synth playing off of each other that it's a very 70s prog rock intro to a song, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just I've never, even though Zappa could be characterized as that, I've never thought of him that way because of not having that sort of more stereotypical prog rock sound, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I think you know, because I get what you're saying, a prog prog rock vibe to it. Uh, and it's, he does kind of more of that extended jazz kind of stuff, and they are longer songs. This is a six minute long song, and there's complexity to the composition, which are the things that kind of make it clearly a Zappa song. And so, this is, you know, one of the things I really love about this album is on the first one, it was kind of a merge. On the second song, you kind of lean into Zappa, space a lot harder. And then we move into the third song, Sam with the Showing Scalp Flat Top, which is 110% beef heart. (laughs) You know, this is beef heart land, 110 degrees beef heart land. And poetry, uh, sparse musicality behind the the background, stories being told, guys selling pencils, and it's just... You know, Sam with the Showing Scalp Flat Top particular about the point it made. It's just the kind of typical Beefheart lyrical structure and poetry. As the previous song was much heavier Zappa, this is much heavier Beefheart, and one of my favorite songs on the album.
0: Really fun song, one of my favorites as well. I also liked how the first one was a really kind of seamless blend of the two, whereas the second track leans more Zappa, this leans more Beefheart. I like that. So this put me in mind of a Prince song. (laughs) which may seem like well yeah prince and beefheart contemporaries (laughs) yeah (laughs) so prince has a song called chlorine bacon skin and if i were ever to do a prince playlist which or yeah a prince playlist which i i feel like should come at some point that would be on there i wouldn't necessarily recommend the album it was on just because it's a giant unwieldy record but the song chlorine bacon skin is 15 minutes long and i believe probably not even the longest song on that record <laughs> but 15 minutes long and very very similar in delivery to beefheart's delivery here oh really yeah i've never looked too deeply into i i would not be surprised if prince was influenced by zappa in some ways cuz prince has a lot of like technical guitar driven tracks and jazz influenced like jazz rock influenced songs so i wouldn't be surprised if he listened to zappa I that would be the only song I can think of where I would say there's a beef heart feel to it, but particularly
1: like his vocal delivery
0: is very similar to this on that particular track. Huh.
1: Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I'll have to check that out. Especially, I'm going to listen to it to kind of see the parallel for uh, the beef art delivery on that. We melded, we went zappa, we went beef art. Now we kind of go back to poofters froth Wyoming plans ahead. Nice long clever song title uh, beef takes the lead vocal duties again this strikes me a lot as a, a, a zappa a mostly zappa lyrical constructed but i also feel like there's some beef heart kind of whistling through that uh, when you got little doodads from the woods is definitely kind of a beef kind of phrasing <laughs> and so it's a nice combination it is uh, starkly different than anything we've heard so far, uh, it's kind of a little bouncy little number. And I enjoy the vocal performance by Captain Beford on this quite a bit. It's a fun song, much, much different, much different pacing than anything else so far. But another fun, enjoyable surprise on this album.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed this song as well. I enjoyed the the intro to it, that sort of live recording intro. I definitely got the feel at different parts throughout this. And I, again, tried not to like deep dive on this. It does sound like a blending of like traditional studio recordings and live recordings, even. And I don't just mean this intro, but like maybe live in the studio stuff as well. Blend it with more traditional studio recordings.
1: I'm pretty sure. And and this is something that Zap has done a lot is that he'll be doing basically a studio album. But then he'll take a particular guitar solo from a live performance and layer that into it uh, as well. So he'll he'll merge those quite a bit. This is a, a little bit almost of the reverse of that. That it's not so much guitar solos. It's the the crowd interaction. It's the intros and and some other pieces there. But I I think this is definitely that that same kind of thing where you've got. A lot of it is recorded live, but there's clearly some stuff that's studio as well, and you get that even clearer as we get a little deeper into into the album, uh, particularly the last song. But uh, I think it is that kind of combination. I haven't dug in super deep on this to kind of know uh, with great assurity that everything's kind of split that way, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that it is a combination of both.
0: But I, I felt like it worked, especially having the live audience interaction on this one.
1: It's a mixed bag when Frank interacts with the audience, because sometimes Frank's pretty irritated with the audience and it comes through, which was why my original plan was to have us discuss uh, Live at the Roxy and Elsewhere, another live album. And there are a couple parts on that album where it's, it's uh, there's just a bunch of drunk idiots in the crowd, and Zappa's like... Hey, shut up. <laughs> you know so, so but this is a lot more this is a lot more fun in terms of crowd interaction, those types of things. So another thing that kind of made this one be a winner for me and go with this one instead of the other. With that, moving right along, we go to 2,000 years old. A lot of beef heart vocals on this. Bluesy. Anytime you get into the blues, elements of it there's probably a stronger beef art influence coming in too as well but it also there's some complexity to some of the the other things are going on in this song that are clearly the hallmark of mr zappa there isn't really a song on this album i dislike there are a lot of other ones that are just to me always kind of really stand out and 200 years old is a good song and it's fun but it's just some of the other ones i i tend to remember more than this one but it's still pretty cool execution, and it does have that blues element that's kind of fun for me. This is
0: actually one of my favorites on here. Oh, really? Cool. Say. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it is more traditional, like its approach to being more of a blues rock type song. So it is a little more traditional, which, it, which is different. And normally what I like about Zappa stuff is that it's not traditional. I like the sort of experimentation of it. What I like particularly on this song, though, is I think this more than anything else, their voices play off of each other perfectly. And their different deliveries are used to the best effect
1: on this track. That's a great point. And they are starkly, starkly different deliveries. But they do, this one here, they do absolutely play against each other really, really well. Because you got arch just kind of, it's gravel and blues and dragging through. And Zappa's got a little bit more of that sardonic sing-speak kind of delivery on some stuff. And so it's a... It's an interesting combination, all that. And, you know, Frank never really considered himself like a, h- a hardcore vocalist by any stretch where Beefart certainly had the pipes to do some pretty amazing things. But I'd agree completely that this is probably one of the best examples of them both contributing in their own way. We'll jump into Cucamonga next. This would be, I'd say, another pretty strong Zappa song. It's got the complexity. It's not a long song. This one's actually, in terms of a Frank song, it's only like 225 long. I don't really call it sing song, but it's just kind of drawn out vocals. Frank handles a lot of the vocal duties on it. I would say... 200 years old, definitely. Much more traditional, much more blues. This one gets a little more experimental again. This would be the other one that's just not like when I kind of stack order all these songs. Cucamongas, probably my least favorite on this album, but I like every song on this album.
0: I like this one as well. Not one of my favorites, but what stood out to me on this one is the bass on the song. It's very reminiscent of a band that would start shortly after this, Guns N' Roses. We've actually given them a little bit of a platform on this show, not to pat ourselves on the back. But, you know, they were like a little, little known garage band. And then after, you know, we kind of gave them that squat cobbler bump, they started doing some stuff. Bass delivery is very reminiscent of what they would be doing a few years later.
1: Yeah, and Hanson, we're gonna squat, or bump you into next week. <laughs> you know, so, so you're welcome, Guns and Roses. Glad to glad to give you the support we could. <laughs> yeah, so another another one, a total miss on my part, but I can see what you're saying, absolutely on that. So, all right. One of my all-time favorites, Advanced Romance. No more credit from the liquor store. No sadder way to start a song than uh, to do that. This is, I would say, a Zappa composition, a Zappa structure, Zappa themes. Beefheart's voice is used to great success in here, but this is also one where Frank uses great vocalists in a lot of different ways, and it's just a really, really cool, cool song. But again, it's just no more credit from the liquor store to start things off is just, magic to me (laughs) a little bit later when they uh you got george duke and he's another favorite of mine he's Featured prominently in this, so this this is like one of the strongest. We get a lot of good performances on it. It's a really really fun song. It's a really strong one. It's not a short song. <laughs> it's eleven minutes long. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. But I think one of the strongest contributions on this album.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely one of the strongest songs in my opinion as well. Just like you said, more of a Zappa song, but a beef heart delivery of it. The vocal performance on here is probably my favorite on the album. It's it's so raw and strained and over the top that it's. Per- perfect if that makes sense yep so probably my favorite vocal performance definitely one of my favorite tracks
1: and this was again why i was really close on roxy and elsewhere because that's another album that features some amazing vocal you got napoleon murphy brock and george duke still and there's some just crazy awesome vocal stuff going on here and this one advanced romance kind of carries that same theme forward as well in a really really strong way so as we get towards the end of the album we get back to another very beefheart centric man with the woman head I mean, you know it's a beef art song. Sam with the Showing Scalp, Flat Top, and uh, Man with the Woman Head. You know these are beef art ones. It's the beef art delivery. It's the poetry again. It's a short kind of run. It's about a minute and a half. But again, it's kind of more the beef art poetry and the, the band providing atmospherics on it to kind of lead us into the last song. So... So I I like these sort of like little spoken
0: word tracks. I I feel like when you get this sort of a thing in an album, it really breaks it up. It it gives it a sense of uh, peaks and valleys and a a real sense of like building towards something. So I I really like it when artists do this type of thing on record.
1: Yeah. And we talked about the merge and the melding of these types of things where you've had a lot of things where the Zappa structure comes through and then to have these kind of two very strong beef heart moments at different parts in the album. Really do a nice job in kind of making it to be a good, diverse, fun thing to listen to. And then we get to the to close off the album Muffin Man. And this is one that's probably got some pretty strong... I think there's some studio stuff here. But then again, on some of the stuff, I think it just might be really good recording because you can kind of hear some crowd reaction as well. But this has definitely got a lot of the hallmarks of Zappa stuff where you got the Utility Muffin Kitchen, a lot of spoken word, different, different than the beef heart Poetry. This is just kind of more storytelling by Frank. So that goes on. There's kind of some, again, this jazz, prog rock kind of dissidence going on with some of the stuff to begin with. And then it kind of rolls into more of a heavy girl. You thought he was a man, but he only was a muffin kind of thing where you get some more beef art in there as well, but it kind of shifts back and forth between some of the, the more complex Zappa stuff back to the more meat and potatoes, beef art stuff.
0: So I really enjoyed this song. I would definitely say that this is, of everything on the record, more classic Zappa
1: than some of the other
0: stuff that we've gotten up until this point. The beginning of it, to a degree, where I feel like his delivery in the beginning almost made me feel like I've heard this song before, although I don't think I have. But just because it is that that familiar Zappa approach to it, even though you do get some beef heart in it,
1: it's definitely, to me, more of a Zappa song. You're dead on that of, of all this, this is the most Zappa song because it does just have that that kind of delivery. But then it's nice cause while it is a Zappa song, you get these kind of waves of the beef art influence as well to kinda of add a little texture to it as well. So that is Bongo Fury. Overall, so you spoiled it, <laughs> which I appreciate. It's it good to hear. I'm glad you glad you enjoyed it. But so you hadn't had a chance to really experience any of this stuff before, but sounds like you did like it. I did very much so.
0: And and I can definitely say still, I mean, not that we've done a ton of these, but even as we, we've delved further into this, I don't think there's been one that I've disliked yet that you've recommended.
1: Yeah. This, I've been, I've been trying to get, once I get a, get a shot, but it, uh, I think it's also good to, you know, cause what we've been doing here is both of us kind of picking stuff. that was like, I'm pretty sure this person's not going to be familiar with it. And at some point it's going to be, yeah, there's a reason I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, cool. Excellent. Well, we will, um continue on with these uh, other content as well. Mike and I haven't exactly figured out better call Saul's right around the corner. We'll uh, have to figure out what we're going to do about that. Want to thank everybody for listening and hope you're enjoying it. And if if you've got albums that you'd like Mike and I to go through, if you'd like to join Mike and I to talk through an album, hit us up in the comments. Let us know. We we love talking about music. We like being exposed to different new things and hearing people's opinions and thoughts on it and backstory. So uh, give that a thought. Let us know in the comments after you like and subscribe. If there's anything uh, you'd like for us to do or would like to join us on, so. I have nothing else for this week but to say thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks everyone, and completely
0: in agreement with Kelly. Make sure you guys let us know what you wanna you wanna hear or bring something to our attention. We can't wait to expose ourselves to you guys. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Stop the broadcast.